bello. Another day, another Bold Perceptions episode connecting the doers. We got my man Tommy Bahama on air today with George. Tommy reached out to me after listening to an episode of ours and we ended up meeting up on New Year's Eve in Playa del Carmen in Mexico. He's a freaking stellar dude. Great stories, good vibes. But what I really like about him is that he wants to connect the doers. That's our whole freaking thing. And this guy is someone you want to connect with. Do you want to go around the world traveling, doing some consulting for hotels? Or how about working for St. Regis, five-star? Or creating your own pool business? Um, Getting into an investment property? Tommy's all about it, and Tommy's willing to help you. Yes, you, the listener. Just go to our Instagram, message us, and we'll put you and Tommy in the group chat. And look at that. The doers are connected. This is Bold Freaking Perceptions. Enjoy the episode. Spread those good vibes and live bold. car guy he's back in the car it's bold perceptions i have not done an episode in a long time i feel like a a basketball player that just got done acl rehabbing or something and it feels good to be back on the court in the car so here we are thank you for tuning in again today we got an interesting guest interesting story as to how we got connected Uh, tommy farr is his name um tommy i'm just gonna let you explain let's just dive right in how did you get connected well, with Nick, you know, my co-host? And from there, we'll get into your story. Hi, what's up, George? I'm, I'm glad we could connect. Uh, me, me and Nick got connected back in, uh, like, December now, I guess. Um, literally right when that podcast came out with him um, moving to Mexico. I was literally looking to, to take a break. You know, I... I go on runs of needing a break every once in a while and I just needed it needed to get away, you know, not not only the pandemic, but work stacking up. Um, I, I needed to get out, get down to Mexico. And I literally searched on Apple Podcasts, Playa del Carmen, bold perceptions came up. And uh, I was kind of hooked from there, to be honest. Like, you all have some good stories. You are a real people that are like my type of people the doers you know you connect the doers um and and that's what i'm all about and after hearing that after hearing nick's nick's move to playa i literally reached out and i was like i'm i'm gonna be there for new years do you you have any opportunity to meet up he's like fuck yeah dude let's do it um and we connected for the first time new year's eve day maybe 6 p.m literally downtown Playa de Carmen off the street like two Americans waving to each other <laughs> that was kind of obvious it was it was uh, Nick from across the street um, and from there we, we connected it was kind of that test you could tell Nick told me from the beginning like his buddies are in town his family's in town um, you know I'm a straight shooter dude I was like if we're not vibing tell me to beat it you know tell me to find my own deal get loose you know whatever you need to say just do it so we grabbed a beer we walked the streets and you could tell where you know we're, we're similar in the vibe and uh he brought me over to his buddy's place and uh, we went from there you know we we connected and have a good time for new year's eve and Fidel carmen a little partying had to you know have been happening of course it's new year's eve it's playa but that's uh that's a hell of a story. You told me that before we started recording and I had no idea. That's, that's very cool. And um, yeah, it sounds like the rest is history. And Nick, Nick was saying, we got to get you on. Cause you got a crazy story. And uh, he's Nick's making fun of me. Cause he's like, Oh, you always just want to talk to the Instagram blue check mark people. You just want to talk to the Instagram ratio people. I was like, well, that helps sometimes, but he's saying like, this is such a good story. You got such good shit to say. It's a can't miss as you sip your mojito here. This is bold. I saw that. I saw that. I'm in Key West taking the day, taking the week off, actually, because I can. So, I mean, I, I think the blue check matters to a certain extent, but it doesn't fucking matter. Like, not real life. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, I'm living the real life, and I'm enjoying it. I'm here with my dog in Key West, literally my puppy. She 
she's passed out right now because we're swimming all morning. But we're having a good time, you know, and that, that's that's the life right now. Relaxation week. Exactly. But you were saying, uh, you were saying before we started, you know, going on this episode, you don't like to be stagnant. You don't like to sit around too long. You always got something, you know, in your crosshairs next, true American sniper style. Um, exactly. So let's uh, let's go through your story as to as Nick called it, I'm not even going to call it what Nick called it. Um, getting into the celebrity, you know, ring and then getting onto your pool company, your real estate properties. Let's just, I want to hear it and then let's dive into it. So I kind of had like a crazy entry into the, the real world work life. I literally right after college, um, uh, my first job was at the St. Regis Atlanta, you know, one of the nicest hotels in the world. Um, right when the Atlanta movie industry was booming, it literally exploded the week I moved in. Um, and from there, like, I kind of, I mean, I lived the luxury lifestyle. I had, literally was forced to live the luxury lifestyle because um, it was my job. Uh, my, my specialty was food and beverage. I started as a manager in training for like literally the first three months. Um, I trained in every position. How old were you at this point, by the way? Sorry to interject. I, I started at the St. Regis Atlanta when I was 21. Oh, boy. So, Coincidental. Yeah, kind of wild to, to managing. Uh, before I turned 22, I was the manager on duty, uh, the only manager on duty at one of the nicest hotels in the world as a 21-year-old. I was the, the first in charge. It was like an overnight shift, but still, still, you can, you can count it, you know? <laughs> Oh yeah. That, no, that counts. And when you're, you know, in a job interview or if you were at one point you spruce that up, you say, I was like, you know, have you seen the movie? Um, what's it called? The Molly Bloom poker game. I've never heard of that. What is that? So it's this, uh, this girl, she had a, a skiing accident where she broke her leg. She was an Olympic skier and she slowly started getting into like the celebrity ring and running her own games of poker illegally. Uh, I know you're talking about. Yep. Yep. Molly's game. That's yeah. what it's called. And you just turned into a networking machine. You could have, you know, spruced your experience up as a 22 year old saying, no, I was connected with every former president, every actor, actress, you know, I was overseeing them. Exactly. Exactly. I was the, the food and beverage contact for literally everyone who came through the hotel. I mean, I, I did have contact with whether it was their assistant or them themselves. Um, each celebrity that did come through the hotel. That was my job. And, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, it, it was amazing to not only deal with those celebrities firsthand, but like see their preferences, you know, see see the type of things that they're about, um, see the assholes that are, that are out there still, unfortunately. Um, it was an amazing experience. And I know I, I wouldn't take it back for anything, but at the same time, uh, it only lasted for so long. I'm, I'm a Florida boy, and I need to get back to Florida. So uh, my my desires were eventually to uh, to leave that gig and you know find my way back to Florida. So you get back to Florida. Is this where the pool company comes into play? What was your next venture? So when I was at the St. Regis Atlanta, um, a big part of my future came about um we were we were like super into moving from the four star to five star um we were at that time like i said when the movie industry was booming in atlanta and we had to get that five stars so we had all types of like auditors and consultants come in and there was this report that came in to me and all the managers at the time that was like so detailed and so well put together i was like that's my future that's what I, that's what i want to do you know i want to be that person that goes around to the the luxury hotels and and tells you what to do literally they, they told us like how to get better that's what their job was to come in consult you on how to get better so after reviewing that um I mean, it was, it was just a report pretty much after reviewing that report, sending it to my team, getting all the details down about it. That was for sure in my future from there on onward. You know, that was the point where I kind of was before I really knew 
it was, you know, putting my future in per perspective. But from there on onward, I searched every search and impossible, maybe every day straight for like probably a year. I searched for that job. <laughs> Literally after I left the St. Regis back to Florida, I was doing hospitality for a little bit. I jumped in the pool industry, jumped back to hospitality, but I was still searching for that job. I was going to be a hospitality consultant and travel the world with some of the best hotels. Like no matter what, that, that's how I was gonna end my hospitality career. Not, not, not necessarily end it, but that was gonna be a point of my career that I was gonna be super, super, super proud of, no matter, no matter how long it took to get there. So after the St. Regis, I made it down to uh, Palm Beach for a little bit. Uh, something that didn't quite work out, but that's when the pool industry started right after that. Um, I had my first dance in the pool industry um, through a family friend in the Alamrata, the, the Florida Keys, you know, the pool industry. Um, I got my foot in the door. Um, to put it short, he was going to expand, uh, promote me to general manager to expand throughout the Keys. Uh, ended up flipping. He ended up selling it completely, and I was out of a job. So I moved in with my brother, and I'm someone that, like, I'm not going to do something I, I don't enjoy. So I moved in with my brother without a job, and I, no, I'm cool with that. You know, I'm going to find something I enjoy. Um, so I interviewed at, I don't know, a ton, ton of places. And there was a, if you ever heard of Michael Mina, he, he was opening his first restaurant in St. Petersburg, Florida. And I interviewed there for a small A position. But I, I consider myself a little bit more, um, I guess, educated than just a sommelier. You know, I've been a manager before I was a sommelier. Um, so I, I think that was like, it was, it was I, I can offer more to the table. Um, so the sommelier position came up and I interviewed for it. And they straight up and they said, you, you don't want to be a sommelier, do you? Like, no, tell them, that's not, that's not what I want to be here. And like, we're going to offer you the manager position. So I ended up taking a hybrid at first manager sommelier position at this uh, like hybrid market restaurant that in two years went from being just a wine bar with like no food to being the number one restaurant in St. Pete in Tampa Bay. Um, so we, we put our mark on that, whether it was Michael Mina, myself um, and, and my, my colleagues, but it was definitely an act to be proud of. And from there, the unbelievable happened. That job that I always talked about, that I always saw myself taking that hospitality consultants, I saw it pop up on a search and I applied and I got the job from there. So from there, I, uh, I traveled the world. I literally had the dream job. Anybody could ever imagine, you know, it was, it was a dream job. I was 20 days a month of travel and I literally wrote about my experience and that was it. You know, it was it was quite the experience. And so obviously you're saying you had spent countless hours searching for this job. Um, you're keeping tabs on it. That's one, you know, that's one part of the equation that you can talk about. But it was, it was literally, yeah, years, years I'm talking about from the time, the time I found out about this job to the time I saw it actually posted on the Internet, like. I'm still smiling about it because I, I remember it perfectly. It was nuts. It's like, holy shit, that's it. That, that's what I've been looking for. Well, and do you think, do you think you helped create that opportunity? Do you think you visualized it so much and manifested it? The end Oh, for sure. You know, visualization at the, at the time, it wasn't in my mindset for sure. It was not in my mindset, but I was doing it. It was, I was, I saw that I wanted that job and it, I wasn't, gonna you know nothing was gonna tell me it's not gonna happen so i i you know it might have been you know a couple of times a week i'd search for it sometimes every other day sometimes every every day for a little bit but definitely did not go without a month 
for let's say probably four years without searching for that job. And I finally found it and I got it. And I, and I, I lived the dream for two years and, and hundred percent worth it. So, and wrote me back through this again, you started at, you know, at 21 as manager for Bevan food. And that, that made you realize you want to be in that industry. You want to be in the hospitality industry. You want to be a hospitality consultant, right? And right, that's yeah. what you're looking for. Yeah. So what along the way, those four years up to that point, were you, were you sharpening your skills that would make you more hireable for that ultimate job? What, what were you doing besides like searching and visualizing this? Were you shaping yourself into like a perfect candidate, a can't miss candidate? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I was still at the point that I, I didn't find that perfect edge to keep on sharpening every single day. That I wasn't there at, at 22 years old. I definitely wasn't. Um, but I did continue to find a way to get better each, you know, in every week, maybe not every day, but I, I continued to strive to get better. Um, I got my sommeliers, which is, um, I guess, a wine expert is the best way to put it. Um, I got that license right away. You know, I got I got licenses through Harvard Publishing that the same we just offered. Um, you know, everything they offered, I did um, to try excel. You know, myself. You know what what I believe is if if you do the right thing, um, whether it's your job, whether it goes back to school, um, anything. If you're doing the right thing, if you're doing what's asked of you you're going to continue to excel forward. You know, it, it's, it's a matter of fact. If you go beyond that, you're, you're going to fucking kill. Them. So I've got to the point now where I understand if I work on myself every single day, if I just get better every day, I'm going to fucking kill it. But back then, it was kind of the point where, all right, I got to gradually get better. You know, I got to gradually figure out where I want to be. You know, I, I didn't quite understand my future back then. I didn't, I guess, visualize my future perfectly back then, but I knew to a point where I wanted to be. And I knew that I needed to get there somehow. So what's, how, how am I going to get there other than, you know, finding a way every single day to get better to that place where you want to be in. Have you ever been told you look like the Packers coach, Matt LaFleur? I've not. I've not been told that, but I'm a okay. looking I, guy, so I, I don't hate that. Yeah, no, I'm just going to get that out there. I'm just going to get that out there, but back to the podcast. Um, so, hospitality consultant, um, tell me tell me how this bridged into, you know, you're just talking about it. You're working on yourself every day. Every day. Um, you want to be, you know, a, a top percentage human being, right? So how did that lead to the realization that you wanted to, you know, flip these investment properties or not flip, but ran out to baseball players. Um, you got other businesses. Just walk me through this mindset. To be honest, I think a, a ton of it comes down to visual, visualization. Um, going back to the, the real estate. So I, I own a property right now that, that does pretty well investing out to uh, professional baseball players. Uh, especially during spring training, I have a full house, you know, sometimes five baseball players uh, through hopefully seven, nine months of, um, you know, me sharing my, my place with them. So they're on bunk beds downstairs and I'm, I'm in my own room upstairs and we're just living next to the stadium, living that life. And it, it's fun. You know, I'm still at the age where I can relate to them somewhat you know, they're killing it on a professional level. Uh, and I want to be that person that, that keeps them, uh, you know, straight, you know, I, I want to, I'm a Marlins fan. First off, you know, I want the Marlins to fucking win the world series. Oh, confirmed, so, confirmed. This is a Marlins house. This is the Marlins mansion. It's a Marlins, it's a Marlins spot. This is a Marlins okay. spot. Yeah. So it's, it's some young guys. We're, we're not talking the major league guys. The major league guys got money to pay for whatever the fuck they want. So these are guys that are, that are on the rise. You know, they're, they're going to be killing it in a couple of years. They're killing it in the minor leagues right now. Um, but, but, you know, they're, they're cool dudes who, who I enjoy having in my house. And 
shit, it makes me money. Like, why, why would I not do it? But going back to visualization, how I, how I found out about this was literally an article from Derek Jeter. Like I said, I'm a Marlins fan. So once Derek joined the crew, I tried to see what the fuck he's trying to do. You know, how are you going to get his better, uh, Jeter? And he had an article that literally laid out the foundation of getting the Marlins better. And part of this foundation was the homestay program. Pairing players with professionals or literally any type of, you know, homebody in the Jupiter area where their spring trading uh, facility is. So I literally live at the time, I did not live, but there is lots of housing right next to the Jupiter complex where uh, the Marlins and the Cardinals share a facility. So there's lots of opportunities. And when I found out about this townhome that has a business opportunity downstairs, so the first floor is allocated towards business. It was kind of a win-win. So I already knew about the Marlins and their options to house players, but if that didn't work out, I had the complete total option to rent it out to another business, whether it's my business, whether it's someone else's business, the first floor can be rented out completely to another business. I still have a full two, two upstairs. So it kind of hit me like, all right, I, I know about the Marlins. That's, that's what I said I want to happen. So I have a backup. I, I need to make this happen. So that's when, that's when I made the move. It was probably too soon to buy, you know, my first house, my first complex, but, you know, thankfully I, I have help where it's, I can, I can make it work. And it, it did work. You know, it was literally at the literally two months after I started the pool company, I bought my first house. A couple of days after we closed, I had my first player move in with me with his wife. So it, it was like, snap, snap, just get it done, make it happen. And, and it worked out perfectly. And since then, it's, it's been pretty smooth. I think it's interesting that you have Marlins players and, you know, professional athletes, not yet professional, some of them, I know that, but they're on the way. Um, I think that's interesting because we've had athletes come on here and they talk about how the general public won't think of them as like humans, right? They, they think there's some barrier between, you know, normal society and the major leagues, professional sports, whatever it is. Living with these guys firsthand, that probably makes you realize, what the hell, stop it. Like everybody's human. Everybody could use visualization. Everybody you know, should be thinking forwardly. You know what I mean? Is there any lessons you've learned along those lines, seeing these guys every day? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I, this year is my first, hopefully full seven, nine months. We'll see how long they last. But last year, obviously um, the pandemic hit right in March. So spring training started March 1st. Uh, so they moved in for less than a month and then just dispersed. And, you know, a lot of them, unfortunately, didn't have any backup. You know, they, they, the Marlins cut maybe 50 players total that just didn't come back. You know, they had to either go back to their home country or figure out an, another job completely. You know, thankfully, the guys that stayed with me still had a job. And they still got paid um, for what they could. But we still talked about, you know, opportunities for the future with them you know the, the baseball is not going to last forever that they know that they know that they need to find skills for the future um and that's kind of what i want to offer with the marlins um and, and what jeter actually talked about in his original article too is offering more through this program um whether it's just learning another language um learning the business skills um which i have to offer with owning your own business um it, it takes a lot you know, and it, it's not fun at times for sure, but through hard work, you can, you can get it done and you can be successful no matter where you started out from. So what, what are you thinking next in terms of, you know, obviously you have leverage knowing all these baseball players. Um, you have leverage knowing what you're doing with a small business. You have leverage in the real estate markets. 
what is next? How are you going to combine all this? I know you're thinking of something. You're not stagnant. We told, we talked about this before. So I know you got something next. For a little bit, for a little bit. I think for now, I'm going to, I'm going to let it ride. I'm, I'm, I'm getting things on auto for sure. Like, you know, getting the, the baseball players to where I don't have to manage them type thing. I have a pool business to where I'm pretty much not managing the team. They're on auto. They're, they're killing it every single day and they call me for like emergency type things. Um, so once uh, that is completely streamlined and that is working perfectly, you know, a, a motel hotel type deal, maybe in the future, we'll see. I, I don't know where, where the future is going to lead me, but I, I want to get back into hospitality. You know, that's my backbone, you know, in a, in a bold little motel, with a little swimming club, I think that could be the move in the future. We should just call it, you know, the bold tell maybe. How about that? Put our bold by up. far. You know, I, I think that with a name far, I, I've got to put that on everything at the end. You know, it makes it best pools by far, best motel by far, bold by far. It's, it's not a bad name. <laughs> There we go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking by far the boldest you've ever seen. By far the boldest. Hey, I like it. Um, how did uh, – I want to roll back to the very beginning of your story here. I feel like there's more to uncover. Um, meeting all these celebrities, seeing all the things you saw behind the scenes. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into, you know, the sinister shit you've seen at – is it Atlanta? Is that what it's called? So Atlanta, the Atlanta. city of Atlanta is where – uh, the St. Regis was right. Um, right when, yeah, the the pretty much peak of uh, the film industry happened. So there was celebrities staying with us for like three, four, seven months at a time, depending how long their film was. Um, so I, I really got to know yeah, quite a few celebrities. Um, some were great. Some were fucking bricks. You know, so, so some literally were all over the place, like literally nuts one day and like cool as fuck the next. So it just, it depends like what type of mood you got them in. But literally for the most part, they're normal people. Like I would talk to Ben Affleck like I would any other dude, you know. I went up to his room like he, because he had a special order for breakfast when he was training for a Batman. So I went up and checked with him like every other day just to see what's up. You know, when we shot the shit, like he was the man. Like I know he had his issues with, with his wife and I actually met why he had his issues with his wife. Uh, she was at that hotel at, at that time, but still, you know, they're good people at, at heart, you know, and unfortunately there's some, ugly people that just think they're on top of the world and, and, and don't give a shit about the hotel worker who makes their bed every day type thing. So you learn who, who, um, who you want to, uh, I guess, like Ben Affleck, for example, is someone who treated everyone perfectly. You know, he, he obviously had his issues, but he thanked the housekeeper every single night. He thanked me every single day. He left the housekeeper $1,800 the day he left because she cleaned up that for him every day. Like He was just an overall good guy. Um, you know, people like Tom Cruise have other stories. <laughs> so Tom Cruise was with you, huh? Tom Cruise was... He technically wasn't with us. He, he wanted to test a bunch of hotels at the time. So he tested us and I don't think we'd fucking invite him back even if we did pass the test. But this dude had his own cook. His, I guess he was hiring a new chef at the time. So he just let her come in our kitchen, the hotel kitchen to test things out. You know, yeah, sure. You, you run the show and we still have breakfast. Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> and what he told her is you got to have my perfect breakfast order up by 7 a.m., which is like two scrambled eggs, you know, the normal all-American breakfast, whatever it was. And this motherfucker didn't wake up till 9 a.m. And he's like, this better be fresh as soon as I wake up. And he's not telling anybody when he wakes up. So this girl cooked his meal eight times before it went up to, before he 
ate from it. My servers took it up to the room seven times and got sent back down seven times before he actually accepted it because he was awake. No so way. That was, that was the experience of Tom Cruise. And we found out the next day he decides to uh, buy his own house and not stay in a hotel for his day. So it kind of makes sense. That's all over the place. Why isn't he staying in your house? Tom Cruise should be with the Marlins. He's a fucking nutcase. I'm not trying to have him stay with me. (laughs) That's uh, that's quite quite the tale. I'm sure you got more too, but uh, you're 21 doing this and you're overseeing these people that are trying to solve or serve freaking Tom Cruise eight times. What? I mean, what kind of experience is that? Like, what did you learn from that? That's, that's wild. Cause you're seeing these people that you think are immortal behave like pricks. And then you got yeah. some of them that are just cool guys. Like what did you learn from this about, you know, the person you wanted to be? It was a lot for sure for, for someone coming literally right out of college it was, it was like literally a slap in the face and I, and I think that's to an extent everyone who gets their first job out of college to that extent you know it's a big slap in the face like holy shit this is, this is like a big boy job like <laughs> I gotta get my big boy pants on fuck <laughs> but you know <clears throat> you just gotta be on you gotta be confident you, you got to know what you're talking about. If you come into a situation where you're talking to young Jeezy and you're fucking stuttering and you can't tell him that he's going to have a crib at the pool for his baby, then like, what are you doing? You, you can't have that position. You know, there's, there's certain times where you just have to be confident in yourself and your team's abilities. And you guys be able to communicate it. And that's it. You know, if you can do that, especially in hospitality, you're, you're going to be well off, you know, be, be confident in, in the shoes you pull, you know, be confident in, in your team's abilities and let them be known that you're confident in them. And then you're going to kill it. You know, uh, our team, my team was amazing at the St. Regis. Like I loved being in Atlanta. I loved being at the St. Regis. It just wasn't Florida. That's why I eventually got away. But the team there took it to a hundred of another level you know and as long as everyone's on the same page and as long as you communicate that you know let it be known let it be known that you know your waiter is killing it you know let it be known that uh room service didn't mess up an order for the entire day you know it was a perfect day that's that doesn't happen often you know let it be known and then things will follow afterwards you know I, I tried to praise my staff member as much as possible. Um, and when I was there, a big part of our training was moving from four stars to five stars. And that, that happens with Forbes. Forbes is like the number one guy who does it. But what's crazy is the, the hospitality consultant I ended up working for, you know, my dream job down the line was one of the reports I read as a manager at the St. Regis. You know, it was, it was my boss of the future, actually. He wrote it. Um, and we, we killed it. We, we got perfect on all the scores. So I, I was pretty proud of that. As, as a food and beverage um, outlet, we, we were five stars. We absolutely destroyed it, you know, and you can't, can't be prouder than that. But the point is, we got there because I was confident in my team know and i made it be no i let them know that they're the ones that get us that level it's not just like a one-man show uh it's, it's every step you know if you want to get five stars every single person has to call you by name every single person has to offer you further assistance you know you have to hit certain steps but everyone has to hit those certain steps if you want to be five stars so you, you have to earn your respect um, to a certain point to where, you know, it's automatic. You know, your, your team, they're just going to do it. They, they know it's their job, and they're going to do it every single time. And to get to that point where you're communicating back confidently and clearly, like you, said, like you just said, you, you, uh, you alluded to this, 
are you literally having to tell young Jeezy that he can't, you know, have this? No, the thing with young Jeezy is he, that was literally a request he had every freaking weekend. (laughs) This dude, I mean, so I grew up with young Jeezy music, you know, where it might not fit the family crowd. But this dude's a family man. He's asking for a crib out at the pool on a Saturday. And of course he made it happen, you know? He was the nicest dude, honestly. He he was someone that came just about every single weekend. He lived in Atlanta, but he always wanted his like, a little weekend getaways pretty much. And we made it happen for him, you know? Do you want uh, a crib at the pool? We'd fucking get him a crib at the pool. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, I'm not going to say no. Get him a wooden rocking horse if you ask for it. Uh, is there any celebrities that you stayed in touch with or that you really tried to spend time with because, you know, you wanted to pick their brain and learn? Uh, unfortunately, not stayed in touch with. I was like, at the time, I was definitely obsessed with Ben Affleck. He was there for like four months, right when he got Batman, right when he was like bulking up. He, he had a, a special request for this like the biggest omelet I've ever seen in my life. Like a 20 pound omelet every single morning. It's nuts. Cause he's balking, then, right? To be bulking. Well, yeah, he, he was balking hardcore. It was nuts. It was nuts. At the same time, his kids were with him right when he got the Batman job, obviously. And we got him all Batman figurines and like the Batmobile. And it was like really the coolest thing to see them playing with it and like stoked for their dad. It was the coolest thing. Um, he he also he he had some bad moments too, you know. Um, there were some times I came up to a room where he, where he wasn't okay. So everyone has their moments, you know. <clears throat> and uh, just because he's a celebrity doesn't mean he can't have those moments. Obviously, his moments are more public than the rest, but he needs help just like everyone else. You know, he needs that social attention just like everyone else. And there were some times that it seemed like he was seeking out you know, my uh, attention just because he didn't have anybody else type thing, you know? He, he had his kids with him every once in a while and the, the babysitter, unfortunately, that, uh, <laughs> that uh, took some things for a trip, but that was it, you know? So celebrities seek normal people just like, you know, we seek celebrities type thing. Huh. Uh, and if there's, so I want to, I do want to wrap it up soon, but if there's one, what's the, what's your one story that you'd, you probably got ridiculous stories that I've got a are few. probably pretty, I've got a few, but, but give me, give me a good one. Give me a good one for this. Are we, are we talking celebrity or are we talking travel life? What do we, what do we, where do we want to go with this? I was thinking celebrity, but travel life may be, uh, I think that I think that qualifies as well. Yeah, so I, I think I'm gonna bring up like my my biggest story for sure. Just so the like dream job I had of traveling throughout hotels of the world um, didn't always bring me to the nicest places. Uh, Trinidad was our monthly contact for a while. <laughs> then the hotels there they're pretty nice. They're pretty nice, but they have they have their issues for sure. And our contact there reached out to me and asked me if I could look into some things outside of our contract. And I was like, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. You know, what, 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 are, you, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, I, I think we have a prostitution issue. I was like, okay. You know, yeah, it's not, that's not something I do, but I'll take a look. So we, we did work under a PI, a private investigator license. So we were all covered in that, in that aspect. You know, if I went to court, I would be covered, but Trinidad's, you know, the fact that he's asking me means the police aren't on his side, obviously. So I get there and uh, this was my like second time in Trinidad, first time at this hotel, which is literally right on the water. So I was like, all right, it might, he, he might be right. You know, it's an easy port, maybe. Um, so I go down that night it's fucking completely obvious dude they have like a huge prostitution issue like it's bad <laughs> and there, there's guards everywhere and obviously well, how do you know how do you know right away that it's come up so i walk up to the bar there's two women one guy and uh 
I mean, Lily, as soon as I walked up the bar, they asked if I'm trying to have a good time tonight. So I kind of put, in, put it into perspective of like what they're going for. But I was like, no, I'm not. I just sat down in the corner. And right after that, the bartender waves off one girl and one guy's like, I hope you all have fun and up in your room. <laughs> have a good time. And they walk up to their room, this girl and their guy's like, all right, that's a little sketchy too. But uh, there's this one girl and me left at the bar and that's it. And throughout the night, various women are coming up to her and giving her money. That's sex. Yeah, that's a ring. And then I I can't share it, but I have it. I have a picture of her handing Lily, you know, like you get handed a billfold at a hotel, like the normal billfold. She handed that to the bartender with like had to be over a thousand dollars in it. Like it was a fat stack. She handed it to the bartender and he, they both look at me. Like I'm literally right next to him. This was not a big bar. Like, oh, he's good. No, that's not a problem. And he just fucking puts it under his register and that's it. I have a picture of it. I sent this in my guy. I was fucking freaking out at the time. I have never had to deal with that at a time, especially since I had a picture of it. And since they probably had my name, I sent it to him. I was like, here you go. You know, if, if this shows up tomorrow, then we're not going to have a relationship type thing. Like, this is freaking me out because they, they have my name. So don't let it get back to me. And it never did, but I'm never going back to Trinidad. Because she definitely, she was she was sketchy after that. She she was asking me like, Lily, like a couple minutes later, she just straight up goes, "Do you want to go up to your room and have sex?" I said, no, I really don't. And I remember, uh, so the contact he asked me, he's like, "Unfortunately, I think it's more than prostitution. I think it's drugs. It's like I think it's young women. I think it's." Uh, a lot of issues that stem from, uh, I guess, people sitting on the docks. Like, if you can go check them out on the docks. Like, there's no fucking way I'm going to check on the docks. Like, no way. <laughs> like, that's on you. But I'll see what I can do in the hotel. And this girl, like, after she asked me sexually, no, nah, I'm just trying to hear, I'm here, I'm here to party for the weekend. Like, that's it. Like, she said, we can go up to your room and party. She was a professional, dude. She was not letting anything budge. I was like, nah, I'm just trying to party. Like, what do you have? Like, any, any drugs to party with or nothing? She said, we can go to your room and see what the drugs are. And I was like, all right, I'm out of here. That's when I just got sketched out and I just fucking pieced up to the room. I never saw him again. So, hey, persistence is key in sales. You got to respect yeah. But, exactly. But you've you've clearly seen some things that others will not and have not. I mean, especially traveling the world, Trinidad, that alone, probably somewhere a lot of people will not see. Um, it's a cool country, but yeah, I mean, wouldn't be my top choice for sure. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. Um, so to wrap it up, wrap it all up, your story's crazy. You got a bunch of things going on in every step of the way. Uh, when you're 21, 22, fresh out of college, you probably didn't see that coming at all. You probably didn't even, you know, think about what would happen. A lot of kids, not kids, but a lot of, a lot of people that listen to this are, you know, young twenties, mid twenties, maybe upper twenties, who knows where you are at in your journey. My journey is not over. Nobody's journey is over. But if you had advice to give to people that didn't really know what they wanted to do or what they want to do, you know, in five years, what would be your piece of advice? You, you've talked a lot about visualization. What was a big key other than that? What would you pass along? I mean, I think, I think visualize like, it, it, however you picture your future, it's probably going to happen. Like if you want to be successful in your future then make it happen, you know, if you picture it, if you act on it every single day, you'll be successful, you know, get better every single day on what you see yourself doing. And that, that's where you want to be, you know, write down your affirmations, write down your visible visualizations. If you can't truly picture yourself doing it, just write it down, you know, have, have a journal. That's what, something that helped me out recently is writing things down every single day of where I want to be. You know, not where I am right now, but where I want to be and how I see myself getting there. 
and it'll happen. You know, if you picture yourself doing it every single day, it's going to happen. I like it. And I've heard too, a lot of people say, if you think about what you don't want, that's what you will get. If you, if you think about, I don't want to go to Trinidad and get invited to be in a, you know, a prostitution ring, you're going to get, you know, invited to a prostitution ring in Trinidad. It's what's going to happen. You're going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck there. Let me get that on my mind. Uh, Do I want it in my mind? I don't know yet. (laughs) Kidding. But no, you're right. It's all about what you attract through your mind. Writing, writing things out, too, I'm a big fan of. I like affirmations. Um, do you do anything like that in the morning, Tommy? Yeah, so just I, I always consider myself a morning person. But recently, I, I read a book called uh, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And that got me on a, hard, a hardcore schedule every single morning. Um, reading, meditating, uh, affirmation writing um you know it, it all ties together whether you do it in the morning whether you do it at night i don't think it matters but do it you know and get it done and it, it adds up it, it for sure does you you will notice your days are 100 percent better you know if you keep a daily practice and i think i think that's very important for sure that's a good point by the way it doesn't need to be in the morning like people morning routines are you know, it's a phrase that's thrown around a lot, but I just listened to a podcast where a guest was saying he starts his days. He like, he has a different time clock compared to everybody else. He says he starts his days at 9 PM, even though he wakes up at like 5 AM, he considers 9 PM the start of his day. And that's when he like meditates, winds down journals. And then when he wakes up at five, he's in the middle of his day apparently, but that was interesting. Yeah, exactly. You know, some people like, like, the reason I say that is my brother. Uh, the, the dude doesn't wake up till fucking 11 a.m. every morning. <laughs> like he's a night owl. He gets his energy at 11 p.m. So if that if that's a deal, that's when you need to be most productive, and that's when you need to get your shit done. Don't fucking be an asshole at 11 p.m. and play video games all night if that's when you're most productive, you know. And you're sleeping till 11 a.m. every day. You know, get your shit done when you're most productive. That's that's huge. No, exactly. Exactly. And it's not like if you're not forcing yourself to wake up at the crack of dawn, that doesn't mean you're not productive. You're just, you know, you're optimizing your own schedule like your brother, you know, 11 PM is his prime time. So that's when he's making his money. George, are you a coach shower guy? My coach, coach tower. Did you say cold shower, cold shower? Oh, I, I was confused. Coach tower was my, uh, my college's basketball coach. I was like, do you have oh, know where I went to college? I don't, I don't know Coach Tower. <laughs> but, uh, no, I am a cold shower guy. I, I'm a contrast shower guy. There's a difference um, because I, I, I've read, you know, I'm not a master at all, but I've read that if you switch between hot and cold water at the end, that wakes you up more. It gets your circulatory system going, something like that. That's what I do. Are you a cold shower guy? Are you straight cold shower? Nah, to a certain point, like somewhat – to what you got to do you know sometimes i need it like if my body's super sore i, I gotta do a cold shower it, it helps for sure it literally gets you back into the, the right motion you know i'm crazy tired i'll take a cold shower it helps you know and i think that's something actually bold got me on i was like i've done it a couple of times every once in a while but listening to bold y'all got me on cold showers a little bit more than usual it, it helps for sure Oh, I definitely did. I definitely did throw up some cold shower uh, Instagram stories. You probably saw those. Yeah, yeah. No, I believe in them. I believe in them. It's like uh, it's like free drugs, really. I think I think the prostitute was taking you up to the room to just get you in a cold shower. That's what she was gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> That's a move. That's a move. That's it. But Tommy, thank you. By the way, uh, I saw your order coming today for the shirts. Let's yeah. plug quick. You know, you want to look like Matt LaFleur, like Tommy, probably should get a bold shirt. You know, I mean, that's just common sense. So I'm, I'm waiting to put on a shirt till the bold comes in. That's the deal. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't have a shirt on now because that's the only shirt you'll ever wear from now on. That's all I need. Exactly. Minimalism. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love the story about how you, you know, got in touch with us, got in touch with Nick. Your story in general is wild. So thank you for coming on. Um, and anybody that has gotten any value from this, you know, just pay the fee, share it with a friend, 
Uh, we don't pay for marketing or anything. We just rely on the audience. So share it. Reach out to Tommy too. I, I made fun of myself in the beginning. Sometimes you don't need to talk to all these Instagram famous people to get a good story. And Tommy probably has better stories than all the blue check marks anyways. So yeah, I don't have no blue check marks. That's fine though. I'll, I'll re I'll reply on Instagram, you know, what, whatever you need. Um, I'm here to answer it, but it's, it's a community for the doers, you know, and that's, that's what we're about. So, you know, if you have any questions, fucking reach out and let's make it happen. That's exactly. what we're going to hear for. Exactly. Connecting the doers. Tommy clearly is a doer. He's got knowledge for you. He could teach you something. He was once where you were at as a 21 year old. If you're 21, I mean, he's got knowledge. He's a doer. So reach the hell out to Tommy. Tommy, thank you. What are you, go, what are you about to go and do? Are you about to relax in Key West for? Yeah, the- man, I'm in Key West. Uh, honestly, I, I don't have any true plans. That's what I'm, I'm enjoying the most. I'm probably going to go see the sunset, grab a cocktail, see where dinner takes me. <laughs> I can take you anywhere. But All right, Tommy, thank you for joining us, and thank you, everybody, for listening again. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on newly on TikTok. Um, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, the whole gang. So thank you again. Be bold. Though.